Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to be giving a brief history of Run Disney. We're recording this in advance. We actually just ran the Run Disney races, so hopefully we did well. I was going to say, yeah, we actually, I won. I beat you. <laughs> you I, won. I won the whole thing. I mean, at this point, yeah, it's not too hard to beat me, I'm I think. pretty. I'm pretty sure, because um, again, we're recording this ahead of time, so I you know, can only imagine that I set some sort of world record at the springtime surprise races this past weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's amazing. Um, But yes, but we are recording this early because we are down in Disney. So no news this week. Um, But if you do happen to run into us in the parks, you hear people that sound awfully familiar, uh, stop over and say hi. Yeah. We're, we're pretty friendly. I mean, I am. I don't know about Joe, but I'm friendly. I think the success of winning the races might have gone to my head at this point. So, but I do want to mention though, again, just a reminder in a couple weeks, we're coming up on our 200th episode and we'd love to have a ton of questions from our listeners. I want to thank everybody that's already submitted a question so far. And if you've not done so, you still have another week or two to do so. Head over to our website, enchantedears.com slash podcast question. Submit your question over there. Also, if you want to give us your email, we're going to pick a couple people that submitted questions and give them some Disney gift cards. So if you'd like a chance uh, to win a Disney gift card, leave us your email. If you just want to leave a question, you can do that as well. A little mild bribery will definitely help this a little, I think. It can't hurt. (laughs) All right. So let's jump into the history of Run Disney because, again, the springtime surprise race just happened. We were down in Disney World for it. So we thought, hey, it's kind of a Run Disney weekend. Let's give a little bit of a background to Run Disney. And also, I think it's really interesting because, Angela, you did a lot of research for this episode. But as you're researching it, you're kind of telling me about it. A lot of the races that like are the big things, like all the challenges and the races that you're aware of today, are like within the past decade. Like I would have thought all of this stuff has been around for like 30 years, but it's not. It's actually very recent that a lot of like the very popular races and and challenges and stuff that have been in place. I mean, Run Disney has just come about within our lifetime. I I would feel like, you know, I feel like there a lot of the running, um, like running got pretty popular in like the 70s, I feel like. So it took them and this this kind of company that ended up coming up with it has been around for a while. But they didn't actually start Run Disney until the 90s. I will say running, yeah, in general. So this is now a slight history of running. If you've not read Phil Knight, who was the founder of Nike, if you've not read his biography, it's called Shoe Dog. Um, Go and read that. It's a a really great book. But in it, he kind of talks about how running and fitness, how they they weren't popular because the equipment wasn't there. Like there Mm -hmm. weren't running shoes and there wasn't running equipment. And he basically, you know, created the running shoe and kind of caught on to this movement as it was growing and Nike helped kind of fuel it. And now you have, you know, Under Armour and Adidas and all of this stuff and all this athleisure wear and everything. <laughs> oh, I was going to say Under Armour and, and Adidas aren't your leading providers of running uh, shoes. But, but not yes. running, but just workout, yeah, you know, workout, yeah. running, everything like that. But you're right. It, it's definitely a more recent kind of phenomenon, this like personal fitness, you know, people aren't wearing like headbands and and leggings you know wristbands like you see people in like the 80s when they were in like (laughs) leotards and stuff doing their working out it's definitely come a long way since then Um, but yeah but run disney uh it it started in the 90s so it's actually uh greenlit in 1992 um, but discussions have been happening for almost a decade and it was 
really kind of started because John Hughes, so it's not the director. I was thinking that, actually. A different John Hughes, J-O-N. Uh, he had a race management company, and he kind of saw Disney World as the perfect place for a race, which is true. I mean, it's, yes. it's a you know destination. It's pretty flat. You know, it's the Disney magic and everything. Um, so between Disney uh, and him, it took him a decade to kind of get this going. And they greenlit it in 1992. And it, it eventually took a couple years uh, to have the first race. But yeah, so I was kind of wondering, like, why did this even start? Like, why, who kind of thought of this? And it was, you know, cast members that like to run, uh, and, you know, John Hughes, and they kind of came together and said, hey, we should throw a race here. Like, people would want to run at Disney World. Yeah. Which is true, because... Let's face it, running is awful. So. <laughs> Disagree. In January of 1994, they held their first marathon. And back then, it was just called the Disney Endurance Series. The first race, it was just a marathon. And that's all to have. they had. It at Walt Disney World, it was a marathon. They had, according to like Wikipedia and some sources, it's very hard to get like an actual yeah, count of how many Nailing runners. down the numbers were crazy. Yeah. But, you know, numbers, it seems to be there was about... Uh, 5,600 runners, so the number out there is uh, 5,588. Um, and today, who knows how many runners there are, but it's kind of all over the board. So Run Disney gives a number of 55,000 uh, people. That was from 2017. And I think what is causing some of these discrepancies, because then if, if you look at uh, Inside the Magic reported there was 14,106 uh, for the 2020 marathon. All ears quoted a number of around 20,000. And I think what it is, is there was 14,000 people for the marathon, but overall for the weekend across all of the races, maybe 55. they hit 55,000. Well, and I also think that part of the problem too is there is a number of people that register to do the race, but there are also people who DNF, which means do not finish. So, um, you know, 20,000 pe people might go into the race, but only 14,000 finish. So it is really hard to nail down the exact numbers of how many people participate. And again, they don't, they're not really specific with it. Yeah, but I, I have seen that in a couple places, though, from Run Disney themselves talking about that 55,000 number, 50, 55,000 number, that that was, you know, a record for a weekend. So again, I think that is across all, all races. races. Now, I don't know if they count people that sign up for multiple races. But anyway, it has grown tremendously from <laughs> when it started in 1994, when they had about 5,500 runners, to now they're getting tens of thousands of people every time they have these races. And again, they, they just started when it just started. And for many years, and we'll kind of get into this, it was just a marathon. Which is surprising to me because that is such a long distance to start with. You know, 26.2 miles or about 42K. That's a lot of running. Um, you know, it, it is making it more accessible with the, the smaller numbers, I think, definitely helps with them. That you might know, be the most people. obvious thing we've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> is that 26 no, I think miles is a lot of running. It is. It, it is. is. No, it is. I'm well, telling you. Unless you're most... an ultra marathoner and then they're like, oh, that's just like, I wake up in the morning, roll out of bed and I run a marathon. That's easy. But I think it goes back to, again, whenever Disney was thinking of this and they said, hey, you know, Disney's a great place to run. Let's kind of create our own race here. You have to figure the biggest races in the world were marathons, the New York City Marathon, the Boston Marathon. It's mm -hmm. not like people got excited to go run a 10K at those places or to run a half marathon. That's true. The marathon kind of is the distance. That's the distance they run at the Olympics. Everybody knows about marathons. So it makes sense right. they would start with a marathon. But you're right. I think that's also why you, know, you only had... 
five to 6,000 runners because mm-hmm. that is a super long distance. Whereas now where you have basically every distance under the sun, you're getting 55,000. Right. So in 1995, Disneyland added their own marathon and 5K. And the interesting part about this one is they actually, uh, the marathon included the Anaheim Stadium and a loop around the pond at Anaheim. But then the 5K was actually in Disneyland itself. And it went through six of the seven themed lands. But I thought it was really interesting that it actually went out, the marathon actually went outside of the park. But I guess Disneyland's not as big. And that's so it been, makes more sense. Yeah. And that's always been Disneyland's problem with these races i think typically they keep now to a half marathon as mm-hmm. kind of the max because they don't have as much space i mean if, if you've ever been to disneyland i mean they are in the center of basically a, a town i mean you know you walk a block in any direction past disneyland and it's just restaurants and hotels and traffic it's not like walt disney world where you go into it and it's just it's just Disney. It's, it's insular. As, yeah, it's it's Disney for as far as the eye can see. Disneyland's not like that. So, yeah, in order for them to get 26 miles in, you know, they got to get creative with it. They basically made their own country. Like, you could live in Disney World and you couldn't quite live in Disneyland. Oh, yeah, you could. I mean, Disney World, and this is actually a, a show I'm working on, so this will be an upcoming episode once, once I kind of get all the information, but they basically created their own, like, quasi-government that then <laughs> controls uh, Disney World. So they can basically, I don't, they can't really like make their own laws, but a lot of like the stuff they do, they kind of pass it themselves. I was going to say, don't, I mean, they function kind of independently at place at times of the state of Florida. Yeah. Which is insane. To yeah. They're, me. they're basically their own local government, but that's, that's for another show uh, coming up there. How's that for a tease though? That is a good one. I like it. But yeah, so Disney World is is much larger so they can uh, run the marathon a lot easier. And so they had in Disneyland and then it wasn't until 1998. So we had like four years of just a marathon until Disney added a half marathon over at Walt Disney World. And the interesting thing about this is it was the Donald Duck half marathon, but it was run the same day as the full marathon. You know, I think a lot of places that have marathons, they have half marathons as well. You just basically stop halfway through the course. Um, so Disney kind of did it, took that same approach where it was all on one day. If you want to run the half marathon, you know, you stopped halfway through. And if you want to continue, you continued with the full marathon. Um, but it was still just kind of the, the one day. So that way it didn't impact, you know, park operations, traffic, everything else for, you know, multiple days like it does now where it's, you know, four or five day event. All right, and, and in 1999, they actually held their first 10K Disney Classic race, which kicked off the Disney World 15-month Millennium Celebration. It kind of blows my mind that we're that far away from the Millennium. I remember when we were you know, in middle school, and that was like the big thing in Y2K, um, but that was when they launched the 10K race. Yeah, and this was an uh, interesting expansion because the 10K was not on Marathon Weekend. So where the half marathon was on the same day as the as the Disney World marathon in January, this 10K and they, they called it yeah like you said the Disney Classic it was actually in October. So this was kind of the the first expansion of it where it's now a second weekend that they're having some sort of race. So this is kind of now where you're getting you know races throughout the year and this is kind of a a lower distance. Um, so this is again kind of expanding 
the field that potentially people uh, would be interested in these races. So the next like very interesting thing that Disney did from here, you know, their their next move was to create an inline marathon. So uh, like inline skating, they actually in 2003 held a uh, inline marathon and in 2005, they added a half. But then, um, obviously, as you can kind of imagine, you know, you're probably like, what? They had this? They discontinued it in 2007. So I guess it wasn't that popular, or maybe the logistics didn't quite work, or maybe too many people were getting hurt. But it's just kind of an interesting little side note that they had this going on at some point in time. And it was relatively recently. Yeah, it lasted four years. I mean, that is pretty impressive. But yeah, I can't imagine, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I can't imagine there's a ton of people that would want to skate for that long i mean i it's definitely interesting i mean i didn't even realize that they did kind of inline skating marathons and half marathons but yeah that would be an, a very interesting thing to like do to basically skate all throughout disney yeah i think that would be fun um you know i, I think what would be really fun is if they did one on on uh, a skateboard i think they should have a skateboard one I think that would be. <laughs> That'd be a long time on a skateboard. Get, get Tony Hawk to come, you know, get him to, to do it and, uh, you know, really promote it. I think it would be good. I think Tony Hawk is still relevant. So, yeah, bring him in. I think it would be great. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, in 2005, they, they renamed the 10K Classic and they, they moved it back uh, a week to coincide with the International Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. And they renamed it for the, the Race for the Taste 10K. Uh, and actually, this is interesting because this is one of the races that they did this past weekend for the springtime surprise. So this was one that they brought back um, because they don't have the race for the taste anymore because now it's the, you know, the food and wine weekend races. Um, so they brought back this race uh, and the theming for it for the springtime surprise weekend. Uh, and then it wasn't until and this is what I find amazing. It wasn't until 2006 that we got our first challenge. So that's the year that they inaugurated the Goofy Race Challenge. And finally, they moved the half marathon and the full marathon to separate days. So you could actually do both. Also, they had a Fun Run 5K and Kids Race on Saturday as well. So um, you can kind of make a whole weekend of it. And also, this is when they added the Health and Fitness Expo that went Thursday to Friday in the wide world of sports complex. Yeah. So this is really like where the expansion and kind of like the modern... Yeah, run say, Disney. It's, it's modern, yeah. Yeah, like starts to take place. So yeah, you have the goofy race and a half challenge. And it was really the change again of all these people will come and want to run a marathon. And probably what they got the feedback of was, hey, if I'm down here, I'd run two races. I'll run a half marathon and a full marathon, you know, or, or you know, they probably had so many people they had to kind of spread it out. But you know, whatever the case may be, it's like, hey, let's expand this. And I mean, that's one thing Disney does. If people are going to pay for something, They'll try to make a way to make it more days and make you stay longer. So they split it up and they had two different days. And, and like you said, they also had a you know, 5K. Now they have a, a fitness expo. So now you got to come Thursday or Friday <laughs> to get your gear. Then you're running Saturday, Sunday. Hey, I might as well stay Monday or Tuesday. Again, it's all about getting people to the parks. I mean, I think... You know, initially, I think it was probably just, you know, a group of runners. But then again, as it's grown, when you have 55,000 people coming for a weekend for these races, I mean, it is a huge marketing tool. And I think that's why you see Universal Studios um, a couple years ago before the pandemic, they started a race division. They started having, I think they did like a 10K. I'm not sure if they did a half marathon as well, but 
It makes sense because there's a lot of people that come to these events and the longer you can keep them there, the better. So yeah, why not have a whole weekend full of races? Right. And I do think that partially this this goes with the growth of running as a sport in general because, you know, I listen to I do listen to a few running podcasts as well, and I know they've been talking about how, you know, ultra running and trail running have really exploded as of late, and I it, I think a lot of that is due to social media. So, people became aware of oh oh my gosh Disney has these races that you can get these cool medals and so people want to go and get these medals so of course like you were saying Disney expands upon them too to keep you in the parks longer um, and then you can show you biting your cool you know dopey or di- uh, or Mickey medal and then people want to go and do it so it's basically you're advertising for them very Instagrammable you're right I mean yes. they, they do like everything leading up to the run Disney weekends is. Yeah, like a spectacle on social media. It's all about, okay, when are the races going to launch? And then it's like, okay, the release of the medals, the release of the course maps. Like, it's always a big thing on social media. And I think that's why, like, you see with the springtime surprise, they kind of took that that element of surprise because, you know, wait, after wait, a while. surprise? <laughs> because after a while, you know, it kind of gets repetitive. It's like everybody knows right. January is going to be marathon weekend. And that's huge. So I don't think they really want to change that. But like we've talked about, you know, they had the it was the it was the Disney classic. Then it was the race for the taste. Now it's part of the, you know, the food and wine, the wine and dine weekend. So like they changed things up and the springtime surprise allows it to be every year. It's something new. And now it's going to be a big deal if like, what are the races going to be? Like, what's yeah. going to be the surprise? What are these medals going to be? And it's going to just keep people interested and wanting to come back over and over again. Also, people wonder, you know, what characters are they going to bring out? I think that's a big thing that we always wonder is, are they going to de- debut a character that doesn't come out very often, you know, and I can get my picture taken with them. So I think that, that also is part of it. Because again, going back to the Instagram ability, is that a term that I just invent that? I don't know. But going like back Shakespeare now making up words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so going back to the Instagram ability of it, I mean, if you get your picture taken with Gus Gus, because they don't usually bring Gus Gus out, then it's like, wow, that's pretty crazy. And it's kind of a rare photograph for you to have with yourself with Gus Gus. Yeah, I will say, you know, sitting here before <laughs> race weekend, you know, when you're listening to this, the race already happened. So I yeah. guess I'm at that point, now I'm thinking back about all the cool characters I saw. But right now, I am interested to see what characters come out because Disney has been bringing a lot of characters, a lot of rare sightings. You know, they had... It's like Pokemon. It is. I mean, they. <laughs> I, I saw, you know, on social media recently, Dumbo was out in the parks, which is a very rare character to see. Mm-hmm. They did an Epcot After Hours event and Kronk was out. I know at, you know, the, the Marathon and Princess, they had some rare characters out. So I think... Because they haven't had these races in a couple years and they haven't had characters as much out in the parks in a couple years that now that they're back, Disney's trying to like please fans a little bit more, you know, like, yeah. hey, like, look at these awesome characters and, and to get kind of people excited to see the characters again. And this being the springtime surprise, bringing back races that they haven't had in a few years, I think really gives them an opportunity to have some unique characters. So I'm going to say we saw... Uh, Maleficent's dragon. I'm going to say they built a 30 foot tall dragon and they debuted it out and it was absolutely phenomenal. Or or a hologram of Scar. That's what I want. Like Tupac, like people talked about Tupac. They, Walt, but... they had a Walt hologram. <laughs> they don't need a Scar hologram. They had a Walt hologram there. That that would be, that'd be pretty. I'm going to say it happened. I could basically say all this stuff happened. Because it's it's the future. And then if any of it's right or even remember. I know, I was right, gonna say, what if they really had a Walt hologram though? You know what? 
I called it. That would be the, the greatest thing I've ever predicted in my life. So, all right. But so they have the goofy challenge. Um, because they have the the you know half marathon and the marathon on two separate days, and then it's not until 2014 that we get kind of the full modern uh, marathon weekend where they have the, the dopey. Fi- so they have the 5K, the 10K, the half marathon, and the marathon all on four different days. So again, that's only eight years ago. And that- I swear I had a friend whose sister used to do this and I thought it was like way long ago. So I don't know if I either made it up or if it, I don't know. It's like the Mandela time effect. Is a, time Mandela is a effect. weird thing. You know, sometimes like 2004 seems like yesterday, but then it feels like this thing that happened in 2014 was like decades ago. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's real anymore. What's fake. I don't know. So then they added the Castaway K Challenge to Marathon Weekend, which is a 5K race taking place on Disney Cruise Line's uh, Castaway K. And so it leaves on the Monday after Marathon Weekend. So in case you haven't run enough, um, you can then add an extra race to the Dopey and then complete the Castaway K Challenge as well. Yeah, again, just a a fabulous point of synergy. Hey, you're down here for a race. And you don't have to do the dopey. I mean, you could be down there for yeah. the half marathon, or just you know, one of the races even. Um, maybe you're doing the goofy. You're doing the half and the full marathon. You know, I got to say, though, if you're doing the goofy, if you're already running the half and the full. Yeah, you might as well. You might as well run the other two. Because a 5K and a 10K at that point. Or that's nothing. Not, that's nothing. Yeah. That's a, that's a walk in the park. Uh, the 5K probably was literally. Yeah, I was gonna say, you, if you're doing that much running, you might want to walk, unless you're uh, someone special, like we'll talk about in a little bit, who can just win them all. We're getting ourselves sidetracked here, but a, a fabulous point of synergy here because it's like, hey, you're down here running, you're staying in the parks. Why not extend your trip for a couple of days and head out to a Disney cruise? So you get a four-day cruise to the Bahamas, and then you do a little 5K run around Castaway Key. You get a medal. Um, so they've been doing this since 2015. So again, it's amazing to see, you know, 1994, they come up with this idea. They have a marathon. That's it. One day of the year, there's a race. It's a full marathon. <laughs> and then by 2015, they have now expanded to four races on marathon weekend, multiple weekends throughout the year. So you have, uh, you know, you have the princess half marathon, you have, you know, they're doing Star Wars half marathons on each coast. They're doing uh, superhero half marathons in Disneyland. They're doing the wine and dine half marathon during the food and wine festival. And then they're expanding it like, okay, let's add a cruise. We'll tack a cruise onto that and you can go run on our, on our island. Like, it's just amazing of just how much that's grown in that amount of time. And then the next year in 2016, they've added their first international race in Disneyland Paris and they put a half marathon there. Again, you know, if you're getting bored with running all the other races, we'll go over to Paris and uh, you can run over there and it's a little bit of a change of scenery um, and then for those people who are international, they finally get their own race. Yeah, because that is and still is the only international Disney park that has a race in it. And I don't know if that's because Paris is the only one like Disney owns now. So over in Tokyo, that's owned by the Oriental Land and Sea Company. Uh, and then in Hong Kong and Shanghai, that's kind of owned in conjunction with the Chinese government. So they may have less control over on those parks. So I'm not sure if that's why only Paris has it or just, you know, based on the park layout. But yeah, Disneyland Paris is the only international park that has a race. There's a ton of other races. I mean, 
could list, you know, all of them. It would kind of get boring listing every single one. But yeah. but they basically, again, they've, they've done Star Wars. They've done Marvel. They do the princesses and everything. They just have a ton of races. And it's kind of just some interesting tidbits. So Disneyland actually canceled all the races uh, starting in 2018 due to all the construction that they were having over there due to Galaxy's Edge. So they we talked about it. Disneyland doesn't have a lot of space to begin with. So when you have a huge chunk of the park closed because they're building Galaxy's Edge and they're working on you know some work down in downtown Disney, they did really not have the space to run these races. So they had to cancel them. And then obviously with the pandemic in 2020, all of the races went virtual for two years, some of them. Well, some um, of them were canceled as well. Yeah, some of them were canceled and then they went you know, virtual as well. And now they kind of have a mix like you can run it virtual um, <laughs> or you can run it in person. Um, but yeah, so it, again, I think that kind of goes to now that more people are kind of coming back and not taking the virtual option, you know, Dizzy's trying to give a little bit of bonus with like, surprise characters and you know surprise right. versions of the races but it's a good deal for them though you know if you just run in your own neighborhood you pay you know a good amount of money and then they ship you a medal i mean it's not even yeah if you want the medal you definitely yeah, yeah you pay a ton of money for it but yeah, yeah you can say, get you yourself did, a medal you did the marvel one um a few years back where you did your own yes yeah, so that was in 2020 yeah. they had they had a virtual race it was basically you just ran i think it was four 5Ks, and then they had a different medal for each of the 5Ks. I mean, the interesting thing about that is they send you the medals before you even have to run the races. (laughs) So basically, you're just paying for them to send you the medals, and it's like on the honor system that you actually run the races. It's just an expensive necklace at this point. Yeah. But it's uh, but yeah, but it, it's interesting that they do that. They um, are cool medals, though. They are. That's the thing. I mean, they do make some incredible medals for these races. So, but but the races did resume in November of 2021, uh, and again, it's it's now kind of like full tilt with these races. Again, I'll be interested to see how many people are there for the springtime surprise races that happened this past weekend. So, and Angela, I know you want to close out. You have some other fun facts. I know you kind of alluded to this, but we actually had some history made at this year's uh, marathon weekend. This year, Brittany Charbonneau, I don't know if I said that wrong, so I'm sorry uh, if I mispronounced that, but she became the first person to win all four Walt Disney World marathon courses during one weekend in her division so her marathon time was two hours and 45 minutes and 15 seconds which is really quite impressive um considering that's i mean a lot of people can run a half marathon in that amount of time um so that's pretty great and she did it all dressed as her favorite characters as well. So it wasn't just that she came and she ran them. She actually participated in like the fun part of it. So she came as Elsa for one of the races. She was Bing Bong as another one. She was Joy. And then for the full marathon, she ran as Cruella DeVille. So she had like half blonde and half black hair. Pretty interesting, uh, cool way to run a competitive race. I got to say, though, the only thing, I mean, that's great. Uh, impressive that she won all the races and and kind of set all these records but half the fun is getting your picture taken there's no time for pictures if you're trying to win that is true i mean i'm not going down there to try to win though i did win this year but i'm not going down there (laughs) trying to win i want to get my picture taken now what would be more impressive is if she stopped for pictures 
and still won all the races. <laughs> well, maybe she did. Maybe that's why it was two hours and 45 minutes and not two and a half hours. Because I, a Boston qualifying time is like two you, two and a half hours. Which, what, if, what if somebody just ran it and just like very quickly just like pause? Like just, I mean, she's the first person. Like a flash. She you know? probably could have done that. Yeah. I mean, maybe she did. But, um, but, that, but that that is absolutely amazing that she won all four races. And like you said, she's the first person to win all four races in one weekend. Right. Um, it just absolutely incredible. I think it's incredible to win any of them. Yeah, exactly. But then to win all four in a row is absolutely phenomenal. It is. And speaking of Boston, this is um, the Disney marathon is a qualifying race so if your time is good enough in boston the the time has been steadily decreasing over the years so now i think it's like two and a half hours for women i think it might i don't know if it's even faster for men but it's pretty it's a fast marathon to qualify naturally now of course you can do it for charity but um yeah so you have to run pretty quickly to qualify for boston but you could yeah, and, and you know, last point here, you talk about charity. So as Run Disney has gotten bigger, they do a lot with charity. So I haven't seen um, in this year's races that you're able to do a charity registration, but I do know in the past, and maybe I just missed it, but I do know in the past you have been able to, you know, if it sells out, if any of the races sell out, you can run for a charity. So if you raise a certain amount of money, you get a registration into the race. And that's a big thing uh, at Disney. And they're actually one of the top donors to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And Marathon Weekend raises around $7 million each year, um, which uh, this is a stat kind of the most recently we found was from 2012. But that's 18 times more than the average LLS event raised in 2012. So the Marathon Weekend is a huge fundraiser and a, a you know big donator to that specific charity. But you can run for a, a number of different charities as well, not just the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. I mean, marathons in general raise a lot. I know that the London Marathon is huge for like raising money for charity. So it's another good reason to run one if you haven't ever done so. Yeah, and it's a good way, again, because especially Marathon Weekend, it sells out so quickly that if you can't sign up for the marathon fast enough, there's usually always availability for a charity. So, you know, if you raise a few thousand dollars for charity, you're helping out a charity, you're helping out a great cause, and you get an entrance into, you know, the Disney World Marathon or Half Marathon, whatever race you want to run. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think that wraps up kind of our history. Again, if you're somebody that has not run a run Disney race, maybe made you interested. If you, if, you know, if you've run one, you might be surprised like we were about how recent some of these races actually started and they've not been around for longer when it feels like, yeah, 2014, that seems like way too soon Mm -hmm. for some of this stuff to start. But it is interesting to kind of see the evolution of Ron Disney uh, from when it started back in 1994. So I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps and we really appreciate it. Thanks for letting us your ears. Have a great week, everybody. And we'll be back next Monday with our trip recap. Bye-bye.